homes that are being damaged. In Atmosphere is trying to dry out a bit and become a bit more stable, so the rain chance is going to be going down tomorrow and Thursday. The rest of the day, showers and thunderstorms, mostly into the upper 80s. Scattered activity tonight. Early morning low tomorrow, again 70s to 80. Tomorrow afternoon, partly sunny, mostly dry. There is a chance of an isolated thunderstorm to near 90. About low 90s with isolated thunderstorms Thursday. More scattered activity, 80s to 90 for the afternoon Friday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's quality used tires at affordable prices at Rico's Tires and Wheels. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires and they do wheel repair. And while there, get that spare tire checked out. Check out Rico's on David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels. For another installment of the Food Show, 33 years running. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris in the chair wanting to talk food with you. If you would like to do that, we would love to hear from you. 556-9696. It's a beautiful sunny day here. The Coolwater Ranch. I've just had a, um, a good lunch. A, maybe a boring lunch, but <laughs> but nevertheless a good one. Uh, we, we ate leftovers. Tom had half a roast beef from Vera's yesterday. I picked up a roast beef sandwich for him from Vera's. The first time I got that, I thought it was really great. And this was the second one, and I thought it was completely different. Completely different. It was, they do it debris style. And the roast beef is definitely cooked in-house. Um, it is not, though, what I had the first time. It was cut with the grain, and there were these large chunks, shreds of roast beef that I had to slice against the grain to make it better. And I just was underwhelmed by this one. Tom really liked it, though. They, it is. It has good flavor. It's got that good... Uh, New Orleans roast beef flavor, although I suspect there's a base involved somewhere with which Tom is absolutely um, dismissive of. I was going to say apoplectic, although he doesn't get that much energy going these days. So uh, <clears throat> he is not a fan of base uh, of any kind. So that's what Tom had. And then I had the Keith Young remainder of the Keith Young steak. I was driving today thinking about uh, omelets because we are really big into omelets in the morning here. And like I said, they're usually made from leftovers. And so my mind immediately wandered to that delicious leftover scalloped potatoes or a gratin potatoes that we got from Keith Young and that lasted a couple of days as an omelet for Tom. And I thought, you know, I gotta go back and get some more of that. But really we have to go back to Keith Young's because we just had a really nice time there. 
let's see. I'm thinking it was probably two Thursdays ago because last Thursday we were doing the um, all the wedding festivities. So probably two Thursdays ago. So gosh, we're we're definitely overdue to go. But it was such a nice evening. We almost never go for dinner. And we went for dinner, and I'm I'm picturing it in my mind. I'm looking forward to going back. And if they were open tonight, I'd probably do it. Wait, they are open today. Anyway, uh, they they're not open lunch except on Wednesdays through Saturday. I mean Wednesdays through Friday. So uh, that's what I had for lunch. I had sliced it. I sliced it very thin, and I put it in a cast iron skillet with some butter and Worcestershire and. I had delicious slices of filet mignon and a spinach salad that I made with just the simplest of dressings. And it was a pretty, pretty great lunch. Don, the gourmet neighbor, was telling me that he started working out and that, that he started a big diet. And I did too today. And I know I've said that a few, <laughs> I've said it a few times before. I deserve the eye roll that you're doing right now. But, um, I really do have to crack down. So now that everyone's gone, I'm so down in the dumps. You know when you when you have like a really great time over an extended period of time and then everybody leaves town and the party's just over? I'm not good with parties being over. So I decided, okay, I'm going to pick myself up by behaving. So um, today is day one of the really intense diet. I think this diet is a fantastic diet. I did it, I don't know, let's see, 11 years ago. It was really, really effective. But it's just everything everybody knows. No sugar, no carbs. If you stick to that, weight just drops off. The question is sticking to that. So anyway, that's what we had for lunch. Tom had his roast beef and a little bit of that spinach salad. And Tom is going out for dinner. I'm probably also going out for dinner, but not together. So that's our plan for the day. We are going to be talking about food, though, uh, just not not food in general, but some specific things. Uh, we have a guest today, and as soon as I pull it up on my phone, I will tell you who it is. It is, uh, oh, that's right. We're talking to Tristan from 73 Distillery. We were talking about rum last week. And I said that I always drink rum drinks if I am required to have some spirit. And Patty said she liked rum too. And so I said, well, you know, there's the New Orleans Rum House. And she got someone from 73 Distillery on. So we're going to have Tristan from 73 Distillery to talk about rum and why we like it. What is it about rum that makes it appealing? Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Today is National Watermelon Day. Tom said he looked up uh, that event or that holiday, and he said that the National Watermelon Promotion Board doesn't know anything about it. So I, I don't know where he got it, but I will read what Tom writes about Watermelon Day in the Almanac. The National Watermelon Promotions Board seems to know nothing about this. They do have a wealth of information and recipes, though. Tom's old traffic reporter, Don Wilbanks, once gave him a slice of golden watermelon, which he had never tasted, the color of a cantaloupe. It's not as sweet as red watermelon, but it's good. Have you ever had that, Patty, yellow watermelon? 
No, I have not. It looks weird. I don't know. Yeah. Watermelon you know, it's funny that you say that because I was going to I was going to throw something out yesterday. And it's, you know, I love to talk about philosophical topics. We were talking about Tacos del Cartel, that space that used to be, um, someone told me it was a seafood market drive through That doesn't seem right. But anyway, at some point, I guarantee that was some fast food joint. And um, I, I had trouble getting past the look of it and thinking that it was at one time something else. And one of my favorite restaurants in Harahan is the Oak Oven, which used to be a Popeye's. And I always have trouble getting past the fact that it was a Popeye's, even though it's a great restaurant. There's nothing fast foody about the inside or the food. Um, but it's just like my mind wanders to this is a space for that. And maybe it's just a freestanding building as a fast food thing, because I don't have that problem with uh, buildings that are not that. Like I was talking about Pardo's, that Pardo's is one of the most beautiful restaurants around. And it used to be this really dumpy, falling apart Christian bookstore. I never think of it as a Christian bookstore when I go into Pardo's. It's, there's just absolutely nothing about it that looks like that. So maybe if you keep the footprint the same, maybe that's what it is for me. But anyway, it's something that if you're looking at something and you imagine something else, does that distract you? So like the reason I, I brought that up, Patty, was that you said you're looking at the yellow watermelon and it doesn't seem right because right. you know watermelon <laughs> to be red and so here's this yellow thing and it just doesn't seem right whatever what else is like that i mean it's it's i don't know i i i know i think too much and i do have those kinds of associations i feel the same way about the yellow watermelon i've seen it and i look at it and i go you know i i, I should try that but i haven't tried it yet so if anyone's had yellow watermelon call us and tell us what we're missing Maybe we're not missing anything. There's something about yellow watermelon that I, I have in an email and I have to find it because I want to actually do something with it because it, it goes back a long way. So back to what Tom was saying, watermelon has only occasionally showed up in gourmet settings. That's not really true. Now watermelon is really popular. You see pressed watermelon in salads and I don't understand it. I don't, that's another thing about it. Like I look at it and I go, you know, I don't really want watermelon to be hot. I don't care if it's pressed. I don't care if it's trendy. I don't like it as a hot item. Watermelon is something that's supposed to cool you off. So I guess your mind really does, well, obviously you do include your mind in just about everything that you do. All right, so... Um, this is because the fruit conjures up images of sitting outside in the grass and eating huge chunks of it. All right, let me go back to that because so, I got off the subject. However, watermelon has only occasionally showed up in gourmet settings. I suppose this is because the fruit conjures up images of sitting outside in the grass and eating huge chunks of it, not caring how messy you get in the process. You can eat just a little bit of watermelon. As much as we consider watermelon a major local eating presence, it's not from around here. The vine originated in Africa, almost certainly in the Nile Valley. It spread all over the world from there. 
the Chinese have been growing and eating it for at least a millennium. One last fact, fact about this refreshing fruit, the rind is as nutritious as the sweet flesh in the center. Yes, but who's going to eat the rind? Actually, they, <laughs> there's been pickled rind. Have you ever had pickled rind? I haven't it, because that's another thing. I just, I, I, I don't want to eat the rind. <laughs> <laughs> I like the inside. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, you know, I think that it's really great when chefs come up with radical ideas, but I don't think it's necessarily worthwhile going along with it, and I wonder how frustrated that makes them. 5569696 is the number. We're going to take a little break right now. We'll be back with more of The Food Show. Eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood. Celebrating 25 years. I get misty just holding your hand. Yes, indeed. 5569696. The edible dictionary word today is something I just was talking about. Vinaigrette, brought to you by Dorignac's, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Vinaigrette is a sauce or dressing served at room temperature, usually over salads and cool, crisp vegetables. It's an emulsion of oil in vinegar and water, often with other flavoring elements added. Mustard is almost universal in vinaigrettes. Herbs, onions, garlic, and ground pepper are common. Cheeses find their way into some vinaigrettes. Other sources of variety come from the kind of vinegar used, with balsamic vinegar the most popular. A fading usage of the word refers to a cold dish fish poultry, meat, or vegetables marinated in a vinaigrette or other tart light sauce. I have more to say about vinaigrettes, but Michael75 would like to chat with us. Hi, Michael. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Look, I want to thank you for the fabulous tip you gave me on yesterday's show. Uh-oh. No, it's good. What was it? What was it? Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, isn't he hilarious? I love him with his, I love his, uh, his the way he comes across with that Jersey Brooklyn accent. Yeah, yeah, like somebody it, you don't it, want to meet in a dark alley, but hilarious. No, he talks, he talks about his Italian immigrant family and everything. Uh -huh. Oh, that's close, yeah. close to my, my family. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really funny. Did you see the Chipotle one? Yeah, that was good, too. I saw the Chipotle and the Whole Food. Yeah. Did you? And he has one about shopping at Ross and also what TJ Maxx. You like TJ Maxx, don't you? Or Marshall's. That's where you go. Yeah. He has a thing about. They, 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 they yeah. both have the great olive oils from Europe. 
Okay, he has a thing about shopping at TJ Maxx and Ross, and it's hysterical. Okay. Anyway, I'm well, good. I yeah, my brother that. turned me on to him. Yeah, he's great. Uh, anyway, I hate to agree with you, but the oak oven's one of my <laughs> favorites, too. And well, you just agreed with me on Sebastian Maniscalco. We must right. stop it's, it's this, Michael. Terrible. Something's wrong. I might have to see my psychiatrist next week. I know. Uh, the planets are yeah. not in alignment. Go ahead. Now, look, when you said, I think too much, I was reminded of that great Shakespearean phrase. She has a lean and hungry look. Such women are dangerous. They think too much. <laughs> From, from Julius Caesar, but he was, he was talking about Cassius. Well, I, I'm starting today to try to get lean. I got to say, I'm definitely not that. That's the one thing that you just described that I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. How's your diet coming? Great. I, I started on the first Sunday. This is the third day. So you're still, <laughs> this is the problem. If you're still on it by the third day, it portends well. Go ahead. Oh, good. Thanks. Thanks for the thing. Although I did eat a bit of sushi today, which isn't too bad. I was about to say, what's wrong with sushi? I mean, other than the obvious thing, but, you know, the, calories the wise, sushi's probably really good, huh? Oh, yeah. No, it's great. But uh, the rice, the, uh, uh -huh. the Rouse's has oh. uh, a, a couple of Japanese guys. They make the sushi real fresh. And on Tuesday, you get the California roll for five bucks. So, again, I won the competition against Mr. Rouse. It's all about competition when I go over there. Who wins, me or the grocery store? <laughs> oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. I, I got to say, I'll bet you a lot of people eat sushi in grocery stores, and I wonder how that's affected real sushi places. Because if you uh, can swing in and get sushi at the grocery store and just put it in your bag along with other stuff, that's really convenient. You don't have to go sit somewhere uh, and have a waitress take your order. What? I, I wouldn't uh, agree with you on that one because I think a real sushi eater would prefer eating eating in a sushi place because a it, it's it's much fresher and uh, b all the condiments you get with it you probably wouldn't get at a grocery store. But uh, this this is an exception at Rouse's because these guys make it right right there while you're there. Well. Since I don't eat sushi, it's not really something I need to ponder any further. I'll, what else you got for I'll, us today, Michael? I'll, no, I'll put that again on my long list of things you don't do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, it is a long list, go, I admit. Let, what? Let me go watch Sebastian. GG. Oh, okay. So he's leaving us. That was quick. That was a quick one. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. So vinaigrette. I um, was into Greek salads for a while. I love Greek salads. They're I'm still into Greek salads. It's just that they're kind of a pain to make. And I would get the um, Greek seasoning. I would do the red wine vinegar and olive oil and that was it and I had feta cheese in it too and then I realized that if you do just lemon and olive oil you can still make a really great dressing just with lemon and olive oil and then I decided well I should put the vinegar back in it because that's supposed to be really good for you so now I do a vinegar 
lemon, olive oil, and if there are olives in it, because I love olives, I will throw some olive juice in there as well. And it makes a great dressing. It's a really light dressing. And I made the simplest salad just now by just throwing those ingredients over spinach, and it was just really healthful and really good. So I'm excited about that. Anyway, if you have a good vinaigrette, I see in Tom's, in Tom's um, description of vinaigrette, mustard is often in there. And that makes total sense, of course. So mustard is really good for you. I have to add that as something in the vinaigrette. I have some dried mustard I can put in there. I, the, the Caesar salad was really a come down from my original intent, which was to do the Caesar salad dressing. And I'm a little worried about it. So I'm going to put it off a little bit longer, but then the lettuce is going to start getting bad. So I'm going to do the, the Caesar salad dressing tomorrow. I'm going to do an official anchovy-based raw egg Caesar salad. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. 5569696 is the number. Today is the birthday of Martha Stewart. Those people who have listened to me on this show know how I feel about Martha Stewart, which is a mixture of um, frustration and jealousy. That's that's pretty. And also admiration. I think I think that she has been an arbiter of class, sophistication, and utter deliciousness for a very long time. I was thinking about her last week as I was doing some cooking for one of the events and thinking how expensive it is to just purchase the raw materials for a bunch of people and that catering can't be all that remunerative because... If you charge what you need to charge in order to make money as a caterer, it seems exorbitant. And I immediately thought of Martha Stewart, who started out as a caterer, I think either in New York or the Hamptons, I'm not sure. But I guess there you can charge whatever you need to charge to make a profit. But uh, I've had sort of this love-hate relationship with Martha Stewart since the early 90s, when I used to get her magazine and try all the projects with my kids, most of which were doomed to failure. And then I would be really frustrated. But I would like to know if anyone or how many people still consider Martha Stewart uh, the doyen of class sophistication and someone whose ideas you regularly go to for inspiration. Do you do that, Patty? Are you a Martha Stewart fan? I do. I like the finished product, but I'm really, it, most of the stuff is too much work for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I mean, she, she has really great ideas. She has beautiful everything. But if you try to follow what she does, you understand why... She has a staff of people who 
are with her every step of the way to execute it. So I, I would always aspire to what she did. And then it would be, I would say, not only a poor man's version, but a destitute man's version of what she was doing. <laughs> and I was always frustrated by it. And I, I, I then coined a term about me and my efforts as a great idea poorly executed because you really do, in order to have a house that looks like Martha Stewart's, a table that's set just so like Martha Stewart and delicious food that comes out like Martha Stewart, not to mention the crafts that are part of the theme, you really do have to have an extensive uh, staff of people to not only construct it, to execute it, to dream it, and then to photograph it. Yeah, you're right. But but I still, I you know, I still think that she is, you know, I don't think she's all that visible anymore, or maybe it's that my kids have grown up and I don't have a lot of cute little projects to do with them. So I don't know, is she still as popular as she was or... Has she sort of faded into the woodwork? I'll tell you what's different now than when she first started. I really do think the Food Network, for all of its popularity and its usefulness, I mean, I remember someone telling me in the early 90s about his daughter, who is Jude's age, so we're talking 32 now, he used to say that the Food Network was great because it was the one thing he could watch with his daughter and not worry about anything. And I think that has a lot to do with how the popularity of the Food Network has expanded over the years. It is 2.30 now, time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. We'll be back to talk some more after this, 556-9696. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. The statewide indoor mask mandate goes into effect tomorrow, and as the state sets an all-time high for COVID-related hospitalizations, Governor Edwards was surrounded by health care officials during the announcement that testified to overcrowding facilities and children's hospitals with COVID. Either people are going to do what's required, what's necessary to achieve the result that all of these healthcare professionals are asking for, or they're not. The mandate is set to expire on September 1st. The mass mandate includes ages 5 and up, and Superintendent of Education Dr. Cade Brumley says LEAP results will be released Wednesday, and they indicate students in grades 3 through 8 who attended in person scored mastery or above on English language arts and math. Their scores were 15% higher than students who attended virtually. I think beyond that, I think what you'll find is that relative to other states that have already released information, you're going to be proud of the educational community in our state. LRN. I wanted my job. If my mother got sick, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I got vaccinated for my daughter. I trust the science. Uh, the reason why I got the COVID vaccine was because of my uh, my newborn child and my at-risk wife. I got vaccinated to keep from, from it happening to me. I talked to my doctors about it, did my research, and they've done a lot of research, and I think they know what they're doing. Visit covidvaccine.la.gov or call one 855 
4530774 to schedule your COVID-19 vaccination today. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, You, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. I actually did get Tom to dance very briefly at the uh, at the wedding the other night. They were playing the uh, DJ version of just classic wedding kind of stuff, you know, a mix of the last several decades. And uh, there was one, and Tom was just standing next to me. I started dancing with him, and he actually did. I was really surprised. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. I'll tell you what, the bride and groom had taken lessons, and so had a couple on the dance floor that, you know, you, you know whenever there's a, a big event, and dancing is uh, practiced by quite a number of people. There's always one couple that's just dazzling out on the dance floor. You have your, you have that feeling, Patty? Have you ever seen that? Yes, I have. It's really cool to There's watch. There's always one. Yeah, there's always one couple that's that's good like that. And uh, and I was I was most impressed watching them. Anyway, we were talking about Martha Stewart, and I uh, I have like I said I have a lot of feelings about Martha Stewart. She was a very big part of my homemaking life when the kids were little, and she was a tremendous source of frustration for me because I always, you know, in my in my mind was Martha Stewart, but in reality it never ever came out that way, <laughs> and I I think that I don't see her very much because I think people don't. I kind of feel like food TV or food porn, as people like to call it, has devolved into silliness. And I, I feel like the the Burt Wolfs and the Julia Childs and the, uh, I don't know, I, don't, I didn't really watch a whole lot of those PBS shows, but as a matter of fact, I never did. But, but the Ina Gartens... For example, there's one who's on the Food Network. But I feel like those people are setting a standard. It's kind of like the difference in 
Tom's show and the food show now. You know, Tom would always talk about gourmet food. So I think of people like Ina Garden who are who are doing that. And then there's Guy's Grocery Games for the masses. And I'm curious to see what the ratings are on those shows. But I, I definitely feel like food, television, and food in general has become much less lofty, I guess is the word I'm trying to say. Does that make sense, Patty? Yeah, it does. I, I love the Food Network. The, um, they had a, a, a competition called the Next Food Network Star. Have you ever mm -hmm. seen that? No, I don't, it, I, they, I don't watch it, generally speaking. They have these 10 people that are like food mm -hmm. bloggers or chefs uh -huh. or even home yeah. chefs, and they compete every uh -huh. week. To become the next person with their sh with their own show on the Food Network, uh -huh. and it's really yeah. fun. I, I I really like that. That we, I, the first time I saw it was several years ago when they had a lady from New Orleans on, which is why I started watching it. But um, I think it's fun. Who was it? Who was I don't remember her name. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, well, it just goes to show you if you don't win, that's what happens. Yeah, to you. she didn't um, win. Jeff, I think. Jeff Morrow was one of those people at one time. Do you remember him? We had him on. Yeah. Before your time. Yeah, I think I do remember him. See, was he the sandwich he, guy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was cool. He's really good. Yeah, he's really good. He's really funny. He's a very nice person. Mm -hmm. We had him on a couple of months ago. And um, he has a, a new book out, which I just am crazy about because it's, it's, it's my fantasy of what life should be, you know. <laughs> and it's uh, it's called Come On Over. And it's just about family getting together. His family lives close and they all get together. So in other words, it's like, it's like what we did with my family over the weekend, but he does it like all the time, you yeah. know. And, and that's what I think of as... I just love entertaining and I miss those days and it's just a, it's a fun book and he's a fun guy and I, I, he's the only one that I know of that's ever won that, <laughs> but I don't, I don't follow it. <laughs> you know what Martha and, Stewart's doing now, huh? What, where I see her on TV all the time, you know, with that, with Snoop Dogg, the rapper. Oh, what is she doing? She's doing commercials <laughs> with him for, um, for, uh, Tostitos, uh, guacamole dip. And oh, is that right? Some uh, I I think it's mostly Frito Lay products, but yeah, it's uh -huh. her and Snoop Dogg, <laughs> which is hysterical to see them two together. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, I think she's doing another. I I don't know if she's involved in it, but it's some kind of um, I want to say mail order food. If if that makes sense, it's one of yeah, those. I think um, she is. Yeah, where you get one the of those meals programs like. Yeah. I I don't. I don't pay much attention to those things like the um, the ones where you get the raw ingredients and then you make it. I don't think it's that. I think these are prepared foods that you choose. What's the name? Anybody know the name of what Martha Stewart's doing? It's the company that I'm sure we could search it. But, but that's what I see here. But I don't know that she has a show anymore. I, um, I feel like her... When she went to prison, I feel like that kind of broke up her <laughs> forward momentum then. Yeah, I think you're you know? right. 
that was obviously what it was done, designed to do, and it, I think it worked. Um, all right, so the old kitchen sage has a good saying for us today. It is, you can tell whether a melon was picked at the right ripeness by fingering the spot where the stem was. If it's jagged, it was picked before it should have been and will never get really ripe. So I've never done that. I didn't even know to do that. I do have a problem, though, when I go to the store and I, I don't, first of all, get a lot of melons. Um, again, it's that fruit thing where I have to prepare it. But that's not even totally true because I just noticed some in the refrigerator. I just noticed two packages of blueberries <laughs> that have been sitting there for a while. They were gorgeous when I bought them. I don't know what they look like now. But that doesn't require any preparation. Remove from refrigerator, run under the sink, open and eat. I mean, that is not a lot of preparation, but I just, I'm just not a fruit eater, generally speaking. So it's very unlikely that I'm ever going to need that tip of how to pick a melon. But I don't know what the one is with the thumping of it. Um, you're supposed to thump it and there's a, do you know what that is, Patty? Do you know how you tell about no, thumping? No, I don't. I, I've read about it. It's supposed to sound hollow or something. I don't, I, I, I don't know. know. I, I can never tell. I just, I yes. pick one up just by looking yeah, at it. That's me too. It. Yeah. I, and, and you know, it's the same, it, this is really sad. I had this watermelon and I don't ever buy really big ones anymore. I mean, I only buy like a quarter of a watermelon and for two reasons. One, because you can see what you're getting, which is nice. And so I bought this quarter watermelon, sliced linear quarter, and it was just gorgeous. And I brought it home. And again, all it requires, remove from the refrigerator, peel open the, the wrapper and eat. And it, it sat there till it was almost over the hill before I opened it again. So I guess I just need to accept the fact that I'm probably not going to eat a whole lot of fruit. I will read, though, back to Martha Stewart before we finish up, before the next break. Uh, Martha Stewart was born today in 1941. A great deal of her advice involves creative ways to serve food and lots of recipes. Although whenever Tom reads such articles in her magazine, he gets the idea that everything is conceived more for the effect on the brain and eye than on the palate. Still, her ideas have certainly changed the way food is served in American households and ambitions to elegance. So very, very true. There's another guy that we had on the show. It's a long and um, horrifying to me story. Um, he, I, I guess he's probably friends with Martha Stewart. Do you know who Alex Hitchens is? No, no. I don't. Wait, is it Hitchens? Or is that a movie character? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> it might be. Um, but uh, he is, he's a, a Southern gentleman and has apparently grown up in a family um, where, you know, there are pictures of him with Jimmy Carter, you know, as a child. And so, I mean, he's been a, a very well-connected person throughout his life and I think he lives in Atlanta but um but he was on the show he has a gorgeous gorgeous book out too so there's she's not the only one that's doing really glamorous um table settings and and food and 
recipes and things that you want to try and again probably can't hit the mark for but um but that's a, another guy and I, i'm gonna have to get his name right i'm gonna have to check the book upstairs at the break because i think it actually could be a movie character that i that I just referenced. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We're going to be talking about rum after the top of the hour with Tristan at at seventy three Distillery, and um, I'm not like I said much of a spirits drinker, but rum is the one thing. So uh, hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about rum from Tristan. Some people. This is words to eat by today. Some people kiss as if they were eating watermelon. Oh, that, that sounds, that sounds bad. That's from Sadat Hassan Manto, a Pakistani writer of short stories. Another words to eat by today from Colette, a French writer on living well. She died today in 1954. If I can't have too many truffles, I'll do without. I wonder if she means chocolate truffles, probably, because I don't know, she could mean black truffles or white truffles. You don't see those very often anymore. There was a big, big trend for black truffles and white truffles. And it was a sort of a big bunch of hype for your pasta to have shaved truffles over it. I still see it every now and then at a very, very pretentious restaurant. Um, but, but rarely, I mean, you just, you don't run into it that much. Speaking of truffles, we have Michael Gottlieb coming up on Friday. He's the chef of Chifunctas, and he is foraging his own mushrooms in St. Tammany, where we do have a lot of wild mushrooms. And uh, I'm curious about that. I've never done it. I've never tried it. I'm too terrified to try it. Tom was into it for a while, and uh, he we have these bolete mushrooms here and he went and harvested a bunch of them because you have to get to them real early in the morning before everything starts eating them so he <clears throat> he got some and um i told him to eat it and then i'd wait about six hours and if he was still alive <laughs> i would eat it too and uh they were actually really really good i did eat them and they were good but it's not something you probably should do your own self. I don't, I think you need somebody who really knows what they're doing. Words to drink by today to Gasteria, the 10th muse who presides over the enjoyments of taste. That is a toast by Anthelme Brillant Savarin, the French chef and cooking authority of the 1800s. We need to take a break. We will be back to talk some more food after this. 5569696. The Crescent City Steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time I discovered it on Mardi Gras Day. This old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934. I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is Five Girls, and the food is very good casual fare. 
Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings, and lots of things are never what they seem. So very, very true. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris here doing the food show, 33 years running. Uh, has anybody done any culinaries? Did you have you? I know you said you liked culinaries, Patty. Have you done any? No, we haven't done any yet this year. You know, I keep thinking we have time. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Well, officially, the the culinaries used to start like now, yeah. but they started early by two weeks and have been extended. And uh, and I, I think that I'm wondering how popular they still are, generally speaking, because people don't talk about them quite as much as they used to. It used to be really, really popular when they started. Well, you know, they're a little um, more expensive which ones, than they used to be, too. Well, everything's more expensive yeah. than it used to be, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I noticed that um, when I went to go buy beef today, I uh, I bought some ground beef, and it was I don't know there were it's like twenty dollars a pack. I was really shocked by that. Yeah. So yes, everything's gotten really expensive. Thank you, Patty. She texted me that Martha Stewart's food delivery is called Marley Spoon. Yes, it's thirty minute meal. So what is it? Do they do you? Do you cook them? Yes. She sends all the ingredients and the recipe. I see. So it's it's a little bit different. You know, I, I <laughs> my obsession with Martha Stewart is clearly not over because as I think about it, I think if I got that, I wonder if I could do Martha Stewart kind of stuff. And the answer is probably no, because everything she's ever led me to has been a gross disappointment, an infuriating gross disappointment. Has anybody done that Marley Spoon thing that she advertises? Uh, I, I'm curious to see how. It's not, it's not quite the same as the others, I'm sure. I'm sure it's much more gourmet than the others. What's, what are some of the other ones? Blue Apron? Yeah, Blue Apron and... Um is that recipes or is it just food? No, it's, it's, it's the food and the recipe of how to cook the dish. It's got a picture of okay. it and tells okay. you how to do it. So it's essentially the same thing Martha's doing, yeah. only hers is more complicated and probably more infuriating. Probably. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have, do you have any uh, particular culinaries in mind, Patty? Do you go to the same ones every year? Yeah. Well, we always go to um, Brightson's. And we'll probably yes, do that, that this year. And um, uh -huh. well, uh, Broussard's has the 1920 meal, which mm -hmm. we love to go to because apparently, yes. you know, it's their birthday, so it's $19.20. Right. And then we usually yeah. try to go to one of the Brennan's. Um, we went to Dickie Brennan's the last time and got the barbecued shrimp there, and they were really good. So we'll probably do that again. How often do you do the 1920 meal at Broussard's? We usually do it just once a year. Mm -hmm. Is it is it going on 
all it's the time on. or is that part of their culinary? No, it's mm-hmm. not. It's it's a, their birthday celebration. So I think it goes on all well, Yeah, summer. I felt so bad for them last year. They had a big, massive celebration planned with, I think, six dinners throughout the year. And it was their centennial, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, COVID messed it all up. But I think they're doing it this year. Although it's, it's, you know, it's sort of anticlimactic. I don't know how they've done with it. I haven't yeah. gotten anything else on it. It's such a pretty um, place. That restaurant's beautiful. It is a beautiful place. I mean, what they did with it is is really, really special. I mean, they really cranked it up a few notches. So uh, I'm going to start doing a menu from the culinary just as part of the show through Culinary Month. I think Tom used to do that when it was culinary time. So I'm going to look at what Brennan's has because you said you usually do a Brennan restaurant. I will tell you what their menu is. It is $45. I think they used to be $39, right? Yeah, so they now used they're to be $45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they have, um, well, it looks like they have the culinary dinner Thursday through Sunday, and they have a culinary brunch. So let's do the culinary dinner at Brennan's from Thursday through Sunday. They have a choice of chilled tomato gazpacho, cornmeal fried oyster salad. The second course is a choice of gulffish amandine or bacon-wrapped pork tenderloin. And the third course is a lemon meringue tart. That sounds good. See, my, my problem with all of the culinaries is that I mean, I don't know. At a place like Brennan's, that probably is a really great deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. For $45, you get three courses. At a place like Brennan's, yes, that makes sense. But a lot of these places, you know, when you start looking at, well, $45 is, you know, considerably more than the $39 that that it was the last couple of years. Um, and I didn't really find that it was all that great a deal unless the things that were on the menu were things that you get regularly and you would go to get those particular things. But if you're just going to it and opening up the menu and you see things on the menu that you'd like to get and the the price is kind of like what you would do for culinary but you don't have the option to get what you want to get, then I just kind of go, I don't know, is that such a good deal? But that, in a place like Brennan's, I think $45 for three courses is actually a really good deal. So it does make a lot of sense. And that that actually sounds pretty good. I mean, it's hard for me to pass up an Amandine whenever I see it on the menu. Although I was extremely underwhelmed by the last Amandine that I had, which was at Oxlot 9, where they took the almonds and crushed it into almond flour and there were no almonds slithered in butter on the fish which is kind of I don't know it's one of those things where this doesn't seem right (laughs) like we were talking about the beginning of the show (laughs) this is not what it's supposed to be I want what it's supposed to be I want what's familiar and I want I want to recognize it Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We have uh, Tristan calling at three o'clock. Let's go to Mike. Oh, is Mike still he, with us? Nope, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Okay. <laughs> How long's he been holding? Not I didn't. Long. I didn't notice the Not text. Long. Oh, okay. All right. 
Well, about, I guess about I'm sorry, minutes. Mike. All right. Um, we have Tristan coming up at, uh, at 3 o'clock to talk about rum, and I don't really know anything about rum uh, because I'm not a drinker, but it seems to me like rum is probably the... Um, the the best spirit for non-drinkers because it seems friendlier than most. It's fruitier, or maybe rum is just what they mix with fruit juices to make a fruity drink. I don't know. We'll have to ask him what rum is made of. I, I, I don't... think it's made of sugar, which is probably why I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why <laughs> it mixes well with fruit, which is also sugary. And, you know, it's funny that I say that I like rum drinks because I really am not a fan of the taste of sugar. And I I don't look for that. But I guess if you are, it's kind of like, it's kind of like chocolate. You know, I love chocolate. I love the the kick. I love the intense flavor but you can't have chocolate by itself because it's bitter. So you need the sugar to mollify it. And I think that uh, the same is probably true of all of these other drinks. But when you don't have really fruity things in the drinks, um, it, 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 it's too hard. I, I don't like the taste of alcohol. So it really has to be disguised for me. It's a good thing I don't like the taste of alcohol because bad things would definitely happen. <laughs> five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. I'm looking for the following questions to be answered if you would care to. Have you ever had a yellow watermelon? Watermelon's something that you see a lot in drinks. You see a lot of watermelon margaritas and all kinds of summer drinks that are some sort of spirit and watermelon. Mm -hmm. And it's good because it's refreshing. So if you ever had a yellow watermelon, uh, please call us and tell us what that's like. Neither Patty nor I have ever had that. Uh, I would also like to know if you are still, um, I won't say enamored because I don't know that anybody would still be enamored of Martha Stewart, but if you if you follow Martha Stewart at all anymore. At one time, she was absolutely the reigning queen and um, and not, I think, not so much anymore. I was really surprised when she was able to buy absolutely everything having to do with Emeril other than his restaurants for only $50 million. That was interesting that she did that and interesting that it went for that price i would have guessed more than that for sure anyway martha stewart are you a fan of martha stewart do you follow martha stewart is she still to be followed much anywhere i don't think she has a show that i'm aware of and uh lastly have you tried her marley spoon i have very strong feelings about martha stewart so um i Happy birthday to her. She's 80 now. So, wow. Wow. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, today is her 80th birthday. It's also the birthday of Tony Bennett. I know that that is in here because Tom is a big fan of anyone who's a popular singer. 
So it is his birthday, 1926, so he's considerably older. Only Frank Sinatra is heard more often in Italian restaurants. Sinatra himself said he thought Tony Bennett was the best interpreter of the American popular song. Although he's recorded better songs, his most famous hit, I Left My Heart in San Francisco, sends a chill of longing to be in that city down Tom's spine. He said he thinks he'll listen to it now. I don't know if Tom ever really did San Francisco quite like that implies that he did. I think he was more of a, a Napa kind of guy. But we did go a few times, and it is so close to Napa that you sort of have to start your Napa trip in San Francisco. And of course, there is um, our favorite dim sum place, which I've never had the likes of dim sum anyplace else like that. Yank Sing. Tom turned me on to it, and I've turned a number of people on to it. It's a pretty fun place, i got to say. It is 3 o'clock now. It is time for the Louisiana Radio Network News. Uh, we will be back with Tristan from 73 Distillery, WGSO New Orleans. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo is facing serious charges of sexual harassment. Attorney General Lolita James announcing her findings of the five-month investigation into allegations from multiple women that Cuomo created a sexually hostile work environment. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women, many of whom were young women, by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. James also saying, The governor and his senior team took actions to retaliate against at least one former employee for coming forward with her story, her truth. Cuomo responding to the harassment claims by saying he never touched anyone inappropriately and calling the report against him bias. You're listening to USA Radio News. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare, our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day, but supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. A new study says alcohol consumption was found to be the cause of more than 700,000 new cancer cases worldwide. That figure represents about 4% of all new cancer cases for 2020 and about three-quarters of new cases seen in male patients. The findings were revealed in the Lancet Medical Journal. Alcohol consumption has previously been associated with cancers in the digestive tract, liver, rectum, and breasts. 
Lawmakers on Capitol Hill feeling the heat as the eviction moratorium ended over the weekend. The federal eviction moratorium expired over the weekend, but if and when people could be evicted varies greatly depending on the laws where they live. If you live in a community that has no COVID-19 protection still in place, it could be a matter of days or weeks. Tenants who are behind on their rent for many months or more should be concerned because courts that resume eviction proceedings this week may act on those cases first. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Prime. This is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. More and more workplaces are forcing their employees to be vaccinated. With the rise of COVID infections due to the Delta variant, many businesses are rethinking their plans to return their workforces to the office. Last week, Google and Facebook became the first large Silicon Valley firms to require their employees to get vaccinated before coming back to the office. The Walt Disney Corporation has also said that all employees in the U.S. who are working on site will have to get their shots. Dr. Celine Gounder says that vaccination remains the easiest way to control the pandemic in the Atmosphere is trying to dry out a bit and become a bit more stable, so the rain chance is going to be going down tomorrow and Thursday. The rest of the day, showers and thunderstorms, mostly into the upper 80s. Scattered activity tonight. Early morning low tomorrow, again 70s to 80. Tomorrow afternoon, partly sunny, mostly dry. There is a chance of an isolated thunderstorm to near 90. About low 90s with isolated thunderstorms Thursday. More scattered activity, 80s to 90 for the afternoon Friday. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. It's quality used tires at affordable prices at Rico's Tires and Wheels. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's offers quality used tires. They fix flat tires and they do wheel repair. And while there, get that spare tire checked out. Check out Rico's on David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels, just a few blocks south of Veterans. 2609 David Drive, Metairie. Rico's Tires and Wheels, show, or as Tom used to always like to say, the second course of the food show. We have on the line with us Tristan Johnson from 73 Distillery, an operation that I am totally unfamiliar with, if you'll forgive me. Welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Marianne. It's a a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm excited to talk spirits, to talk a little rum. Well, you are talking to a spirit ignoramus, so you're going to have to go 101 from step one onto what you do, because I'm I'm really not much of a drinker at all. Although I will say this, the reason that Patty, the producer, called you is that we talked about tequila last week on uh, the day before National Tequila Day, and I said that I don't really drink anything, but the only time I ever find a drink that I like, I always find at the end of it that there's rum in it. Why do you think that is? 
Uh, well, rum, uh, and first you're in luck because Louisiana is a wonderful rum-producing state. Uh, we grow so much sugarcane here and therefore have molasses and have the ability to make a very fresh rum right here in, in the state. Um, and, uh, and, and I think there, there might be your answer that because rum is distilled from cane, um, it has a sweeter taste to it. So even though you're dealing with a um, with a straight liquor, uh, it um, it has that sweetness that helps um, helps kind of cut the the harshness, mm-hmm. um, the heat of a a straight of the alcohol. Distilling. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, well, that makes total sense because, I mean, it 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 definitely does. I'm not. I'm also not a sweets kind of person. So um, the fact that it's it's got a high sh- does it have a high sugar content or does it just seem that way? Um, it uh, so obviously uh, in in distillation we're taking different grains um, and you know you could deal with a bourbon which is made from uh, corn and usually some combination of rye or or wheat um, or you could deal with. Um, you could deal with a scotch, which has got uh, a, a peated whiskey. Um, there's different grains you can use. We make a rice whiskey here um, at our distillery, uh, and rum derives from sugarcane. So there's all different kind of bases that you can can start with. And when when you're distilling it, all of the the proteins that come from the grain, um, the sugar that is going to be distilled out. So you're not having that raw sugar in the final spirit, but it is going to leave a sweetness mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, now, so is there a uh, grain uh, behind what you do, or is it, or is sugarcane the grain it, in this case? Um, in the case of the rum, it is it is coming from. We, we get um, we have the grain, or we have the uh, the sugarcane um, at Lula Mill. They um, they turn that into molasses. And then we get the fresh grade A Louisiana molasses delivered right to us. So, well, we distill mm. from the molasses here. Okay. Uh, and that leaves so, a really so grassy what... freshness to, to the, the spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so walk us through the distilling process. So you get the, sure. the molasses. That's your, that's your original product. And then what happens to it? So we've got a big, a big mash ton, a uh, 1,300-gallon cooking pot in the, the case of what we're using. Uh, and, and you're cooking down in that first part of the distillation process. You want to, you want to uh, create sugar. And the, if you're using other grains, if we're making bourbon, which we do as well, we've got it actually coming out on, on the 18th of, uh, of this month. Uh, but um, if you're, um, if you're uh, in that first part of the process, you're creating as much sugar as you can. And that's already kind of there when you're cooking down that molasses that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the second part, um, once you've gotten sugar from the mash, is you're going to pump it into your fermentation tanks. And this is another really important step for rum. In the fermentation tanks, we're going to pitch in yeast. And, and yeast are going to devour the sugar that you've created and turn it into alcohol. Uh, and we let our rum ferment for a long time, about two weeks. Um, so in creating that alcohol, as the yeast are in there feeding on the sugar, they're also um, they're, they're developing some other flavor notes. And uh, our rum, just because of the strain of yeast that we use, it, um, it starts to take on some notes of mango and papaya, tropical fruit. There's a really strong ripe banana note to our rum. Um, and, and a white rum is just such a great showcase for what fermentation can bring to a spirit. 
So I was talking to Patty before we had you on, and I was saying, I wonder if why why rum is always the spirit in drinks that are fruity, generally speaking. Right. So uh, it actually has a fruit base to it, I guess. Uh, and, and it depends on the rum that you're doing, but we find that we, we can develop through our, through our yeast strain a lot of those kind of tropical fruit notes, and it just works so so well. Uh, different strains of yeast are going to push your rum in a, a different direction. Um, but hmm. it does work very well with a lot of those fruity notes. And, and uh, any cocktail that you have is going to be about balance. You're balancing the sweet with the citrus, um, with sometimes something that adds a little bitterness to it, whether it's another liquor like Campari or whether it's uh, bitters, which are kind of like like seasoning for your drink, uh, like salt and pepper for a drink. If you see Angostura bitters or Peychaud's bitters, they, they just add a little bit of extra flavor in small amounts. Um, and then, of course, you've got the spirit itself. And any, uh, any cocktail is going to be about creating a balance of those different flavors. Uh, rum, just because it's got that sweetness to it already kind of inherent in there, um, it just pairs well with a lot of fruitier notes. Uh, and you get drinks like like uh, Mai Tais and painkillers and, and daiquiris. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, rum, is this my imagination, or is rum sort of the more mellow of the spirits? Uh, different spirits will come off at different proofs. Uh, you'll kind of on uh, proof is the alcohol content. If you've got a, mm -hmm. if you've got a 40% alcohol content in your in your spirit then it's called 80 proof and that's kind of standard what you see on the shelf for a vodka uh our rum sits a little bit higher than that it's at 84 proof but that's a 80 to 80 85 or so unless you're dealing with an overproof spirit is pretty common for a rum uh and and an 80 proof rum and an 80 proof vodka put side by side the just because there's that sweetness from the rum the rum is going to feel a little bit a little bit smoother usually uh, okay smooth now, that's the word instead of mellow yes smoother yeah yeah and and that there's other things that affect that there's uh you, you could have a, a rum that can sit in a barrel just like a whiskey and over time when you have an aged rum the the wood from the barrel is going to mellow out that taste so that's why a lot of people find that an age spirit is not as harsh as, as something that's, um, that, that hasn't spent time in barrel. You get that dark color from, um, from the barrel kind of breathing the spirit in and out, um, and it takes on the color from the wood. Uh, and, and you get that oakiness that kind of lingers, but you also, mm -hmm. um, you also kind of tone down some of the harshness from the, the raw spirit. So it makes it makes a more complex uh, product, I would guess. Yeah, it has a lot of has a lot of depth to it while taking away mm -hmm. some of the the harshness from it. It's mellower, exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's okay. a third thing with rum, and, and some some rums you you may have encountered may have been spiced rums, and those those rums are an infusion of of various spices in into the uh, original rum, and and that can uh, usually it'll push it in directions like clove and cardamom and and cinnamon mm -hmm. and uh, and different arrays of, of spice blends uh, that uh, that also will tend to mask some of the the harshness, make it a little bit easier to sip on. 
Is that a trendy thing? Uh, it sounds to me like that's something new. A spiced rum is sort of, you know, when you're talking something like cardamom, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, nobody would have known what that is, but now it's, it's pretty and I, popular. I don't think that most, most of them don't necessarily lean on what the, what's infused into it as part of their marketing. It's, uh, you know, brands itself, Captain Morgan is a, you know, a, a, will like brand itself with a, mm-hmm. a spice drum variety. And, and so, uh, you don't necessarily know what the flavors are, but you know that something's been infused in there to kind of push it in that direction. And I, and I, you are starting to see more, uh, more, more craft. Uh, it, it's one craft of the reasons. That it's ex- <laughs> exactly. There's um, more and, craft and there's everything. So much of it. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. All right, we're going to take a break uh, with Tristan Johnson from 73 Distillery. When we come back, Tristan, I want to talk a little bit about you and the company, how long it's been around, and you said that you make other things, so I'm not familiar with your company. I'd like to hear a little more about it, okay? We'll be back with Tristan Johnson from 73 Distillery after these messages. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hansa's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursday's wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. Autumn in New York, why does it seem so inviting? That's Tom. That's my husband, Tom, with his melodious notes that we use to come in and out of breaks people are probably wondering whenever we talk to him what is that (laughs) that's our bumpers it's my husband tom singing all right so uh how old is your company how did you get into this are you from here i've got a million questions for you uh oh sure um well um we we've had our we've been around for about five years our vodka hit the shelves in february of 2017 um and obviously took a little while to get up and running before that and our name comes from the 73 neighborhoods of New Orleans, uh, which is reflected in all of our bottles. St. Rock Vodka, Gin Tilly Gin, Irish Channel Whiskey, uh, Black Pearl Rum. And then uh, in just two weeks, uh, we've got our Bywater Bourbon hitting shelves, which we've been working on for the last, uh, for the last three years, four years. Uh, it's, uh, it's finally uh, on its way out after being in barrel for the last three years. Oh, wow. All right. So uh, are you from here? Uh, I am not. I am from Michigan originally. Uh, and after okay. college, I was living in Chicago, which is where I met my my current wife. Current wife. That sounds weird. Um, uh, where I met my, my wife, <laughs> who is from New Orleans. Current. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, who, um, who is from New Orleans. And she, uh, and of course, uh, you know how it goes. Uh, you, uh, you, right. You marry you a girl from here, girl, you stay here. Eventually. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Now, um, our, 
Our owner, reason- Sal and Eileen Bivilacqua, are, are from, Sal's been in New Orleans his whole life. He's got, his family's got a plot in St. Rock Cemetery. He's, um, he's been around, uh, for, for his entire life here. And he, uh, and Eileen founded the company, uh, on a love for the city and a love for spirits. And, uh, and so I'm the general manager and I, uh, I help take care of day to day operations here at the distillery. Well, I wasn't really checking your creds because I'm from New Orleans and I didn't know we had 73 neighborhoods. So I'm I'm just I, I'm intrigued by that. I I had no idea, and I was just wondering if this was a uh, I guess if <clears throat> if it's if it's the owners who named the company, then you know they have like a long-standing understanding of of everything about New Orleans, which which I don't have. So I, I I'm fascinated by that. I didn't know what 73 distillery meant. So now I know no, that I think, I there think are 73 most, neighborhoods in New Orleans. Most, most people most people from here probably have no idea. We uh we um, yeah. in looking for in looking for uh, inspiration for names uh, without being uh-huh. too overt that we are about New Orleans. We were looking for something mm-hmm. that. Um, that would still allude to it, and it gave us kind of our framework for uh, for introducing spirits named after the different neighborhoods. Well, I'll tell you, I just got a text from someone who said, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was them. Gentilly Gin is my favorite gin. So uh, you have at least... I, I, <laughs> thank, thank you to your friend. I, uh, our gin is, is certainly one of our most popular spirits. Um, we've seen some great mm-hmm. success for it in the market. Uh, it makes a wonderful French 75 or a gin and tonic. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a very botanical, kind of has some uh, inspiration from the medicine bag of Cajun folk healers. So there's elderflower and green peppercorn infused into it. Hmm. All right. So how, what other spirits do you have? If, if you're like, you don't have 73, do you? If you're naming no, one after no. each neighborhood. But- Okay. That would be very ambitious of us. Uh, uh, okay. We, okay. Um, we have our, our St. Rock vodka as well as a, a cucumber variety, uh, which is our vodka infused with cucumber and some lemongrass and some kefir lime. Uh, we have our Gentilly gin, and we also have a barrel-rested variety of that gin that, is, uh, that we just age for about four to six months, depending on the time of year, in, in oak barrels. Uh, we have our Black Pearl rum, which we talked about a little bit, and that's uh, distilled from Grade A Louisiana molasses. Uh, we have a, a our Irish Channel whiskey, which is our, our premium spirit, and we're super proud of it. It is a blended whiskey, a blend of Irish and American whiskeys, and it's rested in cognac barrels. So, like the Irish Channel, we have that Irish and American influence, and then we've got wrap it up in that that French New Orleans flair with the cognac casks. Wow. And you have you have a bourbon coming out, you said, and, when? And at the end of bourbon. the month? Uh, on August 18th, so uh, so two weeks from tomorrow. Uh, and okay. it's uh, a bourbon that is grown, distilled, aged 100% here in Louisiana. Uh, it's a three-year bourbon. It's made from Louisiana corn and Louisiana wheat. Uh, and it's Bywater bourbon. We are we're super excited for it. So do where are you located? I mean, is is it possible for someone to come? Do you have a tasting room? Do you do tastings? We do. Um, we do. We're, we're on Claiborne Avenue. Uh, we are okay. right at Claiborne and Bienville, kind of under I-10, uh, right by the impound mm-hmm. lot, St. Louis number two. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I know the impound, <laughs> the impound lot. lot. People, I know where that is. I know exactly where that is. <laughs> we're right, right by it. 
Uh, and we yeah. do have a tasting room. We, we run tours uh-huh. and tastings here. At the moment, we're open Wednesday through Saturday. Uh, certainly would love people to drop on in. They can either sign up for a, a tasting and tour, or they can just come in and sample some spirits, uh, pick up bottles. Uh, we've got some cocktails we do to go. Uh-huh. Okay. So you, you, have a, you do have a retail space there. You could just come in and, and actually purchase products there. I had Absolutely. no idea that this was going on. And this, you said you've been there for three years. Uh, yeah, actually a little over four now. We're, uh, uh-huh. uh, we've been working on the bourbon for a little over three years. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we've been open since uh, early 2017. Wow. Okay. And you, have, you do have a tasting room. That's correct. You do. Okay, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. I had we, um, you can sign up for <laughs> tours online or just drop in and say hi. <laughs> that is that's really fascinating. So what do what is your favorite spirit? Do you do you have a favorite that you make? I, I think I think that our gin is my favorite. It's I I've, I'm a big gin drinker. My go to summer drink is a is a gin and tonic. My go to winter drink is a Negroni. I um, I love our gin. Um, I think you can use it in any any range of gin cocktails, um, and uh, and it's uh, it's not too. A lot of people think of a London Dry style gin, very piney, very juniper forward. Ours is much more botanical, a little earthier, a little more floral. Uh, I think it's really lovely. So, is there a bar on site where you could come and sit and just drink at a bar? Or we, we have a we have a scaled down version of our current bar. We haven't gone back to the pre-COVID era where we had a full bar open, but we do have a, mm-hmm. a small bar set up in our lobby where we do some punches and highballs, and mm. of course have samples of all of our our spirits available. Um, so, would very much invite anyone to come on by and check us out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really. That's uh, terrific. I'm I'm glad and, to and know that you're there. I mean, I. Yeah. All right. So are you planning at some point to have like a, you know, food on site where you could come and just sort of sample uh, the drinks with food? I mean, we'll we'll do events from time to time that will bring food in. We don't have a restaurant ourselves, uh, Uh but every now and then we'll partner with a pop up and and, or or have an event where we'll have food set up. So, yeah. And Mm -hmm. of course, we're all excited as things as 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 we do start putting the pandemic in the rearview mirror to get back to doing some more events here on site. Yeah, that's super exciting. Do you have any new spirits that are uh, on the drawing board? That, well, the first things first is we're going to get through our bourbon release. And once the bourbon okay. is out, then we'll start kind of uh-huh. looking ahead. We do have some aged rum that's been put away. We haven't done a release of it yet, but we absolutely are mm-hmm. planning to do an aged rum in the future. Um, and mm-hmm. we've, uh, being New Orleans and all, uh, we've certainly talked about doing an absinthe at, at some point. Yeah, I would imagine so. Do you do you know what the? I mean, I would assume that you all do research in this. Uh, what is the most popular spirit, um, or or do you know that? Well, um, I, I think I mean, it depends on on trends. Uh, tequila is obviously having a big moment right now in the market, yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. tequila has been very popular lately. Um, we actually find that our gin has been kind of leading the pack for us, uh, and uh-huh. and has performed very very well. Uh, but uh, we w- there's a lot of love for our Saint Rock vodka out in the market and our cucumber vodka, uh, and we know that we're we're really excited to have the bourbon introduced uh, because people have been asking for it for years now, and we're we're so excited to get to share it with people. 
That is just fascinating. I, you know, it's like something's operating right under your nose. You don't even know it. Of course, like I said, I'm not a spirits person and I wouldn't necessarily, you know, go seeking spirits, but I'm delighted to know that there is a, a passionate or there is a passionate couple who has put together a sort of love letter to the city and that they are crafting these delicious spirits that will be used in so many cocktails as this is a cocktail town with its own uh, New Orleans imprimatur on it. So that's super exciting. So thank you it, it to is them a cocktail and to town. you. And, oh, yes. thank you for having me on. <laughs> it is a cocktail town to be sure. All right, tell us exactly where it is again and give us some just general details for people who might want to run over there and do some tasting because sure, I do and thanks. I don't even drink. <laughs> well, we are at 301 North Claiborne Avenue, which is at Claiborne and Bienville, right by St. Louis Number 2 and the Impound Lot. Uh, we are open Wednesday through Saturday uh, for tours and tastings uh, or just general retail sales. Come on by, buy, have a cocktail or buy a bottle uh, and, uh, and hang out with us. We love, we love to see people coming on in and get to introduce them to the spirits that we're creating right here on site at, at our distillery. Our distillery is right in the back. Uh, and uh, and we are, of course, looking forward to our Bywater Bourbon releasing on August 18th, so just two weeks away from tomorrow. Uh, and you can find that here at our distillery, but also it'll be available at, at restaurants, bars, and retailers across Louisiana. Uh, and if you don't see it somewhere, it can't hurt to ask. Of course. Yeah, that's the way to get it in there. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, you will definitely see me. And I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm coming in with an open mind. Spirits have definitely not been my thing, but I, I'm excited about what you're doing. So good luck to you. Good luck oh, with the release. Thank you so much, Mary. Uh, well, thank you again. And, uh, and yeah, you're welcome here anytime. We'd love to have you. Uh, yeah, thank well, you again, everyone. We'll definitely be, be by. All right, take care. Thank you, Kristen. I mean, Tristan Johnson from 73 Distillery. And we were talking rum and spirits in general. So go see him because that sounds really fascinating. All right, we are going to be back after the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. We're not quite time for that. Patty, are you aware of them? Did you know of their existence? Well, it, it's kind of in my neighborhood. So I have seen it. Mm -hmm. I passed it on my way here. And um, mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it was. They have a really cool logo, and it says 7-3 mm -hmm. Distilling, and they have T-shirts and all that stuff in the window. And I thought, you know, mm -hmm. I need to stop there. Well, you definitely do. I do. So you go first, Patty, and then you tell us okay. uh, what you found when you go there because um, – I don't know when I'll get there, but I do definitely want to get there because it's it's exciting. I mean, it's uh, it's something that is celebrating the city, and I I've been to the impound lot more yeah. times than I care to to recount, but so. I've never <laughs> noticed it. Yeah, I've never noticed it, so I'm I'm really excited that that's at least something positive in that neck of the woods. But uh, I'm gonna have to go try their rum, and it sounds like a place you could go and just sort of hang out and, and really kind of investigate mm -hmm. uh, spirits and what they're doing there. All right, it is uh, 3.30. It's time for Louisiana Radio Network News. If you would like to call and chat about that or anything else, call us, 556-9696. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. The statewide indoor mask mandate goes into effect tomorrow, but Governor Edwards says that doesn't mean you should wait to start masking up. Do you give a damn? I hope you do. 
I do. Louisiana is in a dire situation when it comes to COVID. Today, we set a record level for COVID-related hospitalizations, saw over 50 COVID deaths, and have by far the fastest new case growth in the nation. And one of the places where this new Delta surge is most severe is Tangibahoa Parish. Tangi ranks second in the nation for new coronavirus cases per capita when compared to other counties or parishes. President of the North Oaks Health System, Michelle Sutton, says they're slammed, making it difficult to care for others who don't have COVID. It's not uncommon to see five, six stretchers lining up in our emergency room hallway with the EMS driver standing by waiting to offload, but I don't have a room to put them in. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Matt Doyle. I wanted my job. If my mother got sick, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I got vaccinated for my daughter. I trust the science. Uh, the reason why I got the COVID vaccine was because of my, uh, my newborn child and my at-risk wife. I got vaccinated to keep from from it happening to me. I talked to my doctors about it, did my research, and they've done a lot of research, and I think they know what they're doing. Visit covidvaccine.la.gov or call 1-855-453-0774 to schedule your COVID-19 vaccination today. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. On our farm in Cheneyville, my brother and I grow sugarcane, soybeans, rice, and crawfish. It's more than a living for us. It's a lifestyle. And the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is a grassroots organization that stands together to protect that lifestyle. You depend on agriculture, and we depend on you to join us. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they have come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for FunkyUncle.Live. FunkyUncle.Live is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge on August 4th, it's Eric Struthers and Friends, and on August 11th, Jamal Batiste Band. For more information on how you can support live from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live and follow us on social media. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed, Tom. I love a Gershwin tune. I think most everyone does. I wanted to revisit uh, Pascal's Manali, which uh, was a commercial right uh, in the middle of that interview with uh, Tristan Johnson from 73 Distillery, which I thought was really, really great. And I'm super excited about that place. But I wanted to mention that Pascal's Manali has a terrific culinary and uh, the culinary menu is right here. I'm going to tell you what it is. It's Wednesday through Friday. It's lunch. And the menu price for the lunch is uh, $25. It is a first course of gumbo or turtle soup, which have a great turtle soup. The second course is barbecue shrimp and grits or chicken parmesan or pan-seared catfish. And the third course is bread pudding. That's $25 for a three-course lunch menu at Pascal's Manelli. For dinner, Tuesday through Saturday, the first course is seafood gumbo or turtle soup. 
The second course is the barbecue shrimp, the veal parm, or the grilled fish or leans, and the third course is bread pudding, and that is $42. So go on over to Pascal's Manali. It is an institution for sure, 100, I think, five or six years old now. And uh, those are good prices for a terrific menu of their classics over at Pascal's Manali. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I would love to talk to you about food. That's what we do. We talk food and spirits as we did just now and uh, anything that you might like to talk about in relation to food. So let's see, we were talking about Martha Stewart. I'm still waiting for someone to tell me if you've had a yellow watermelon and what that was like. I want to know if you are still um, even remotely interested in Martha Stewart. Uh, what else have we talked about today besides the spirits? I think I'm just about out of Tom's almanac, but I do want to mention his, um, his he likes his... Um, obscure details in the almanac. So today is the birthday in 1801 of Sir Joseph Paxton, the English landscape designer and architect architect who created the Crystal Palace in the London Exhibition in 1851. He announced once that he'd like to build a community on the American prairie. So the citizens of Prairie City, Illinois, thought that if they renamed their town Paxton, the architect would build his town there. So they did. But he never set foot in the place. <laughs> Tom says he did make it to Prairie City, Illinois, once on a trip to Chicago in 1972. He stopped for a terrific catfish dinner in a 1940s-style downtown diner called Carmen's Arcade Cafe. Catfish in Chicago, I wouldn't have thought that. Tom returned in the mid-1980s and found that Carmen's was still there, but the catfish wasn't as memorable. And as Tom says, now you have too much information, I would say that is absolutely true. Uh, in Chicago, which was his second favorite city. When Tom and I were dating, I, uh, I asked him if he planned to live his entire life in New Orleans. And he said, well, the only other place that I would live uh, is Chicago. And I thought, okay, well, New Orleans it is. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to throw L.A. out there, but, the, but it never did come up. 5569696 is the number. I would love to talk to you if you would love to talk to me or even like to talk to me or even put up with talking to me. As Tom used to always say at this point, if you've ever had anything to eat in your whole, whole life, give me a call. So that's what I would say. So Patty, let's see, what else can we talk about here? Because I am completely out of the almanac now and I'm just uh, hoping that someone will call us. I was wondering- and I never I want, say that sort of thing. I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you, I was wondering, did you do your crab boil the other night that you talked about doing with your family? The crab boil. You said somebody called us about boiled oh, crab. Oh no, you know what, we didn't do it. You know what, we didn't do it um, because uh, I decided that that's probably not something that I should be doing um, with Tom. Okay. You know, it's probably not 
not the thing to do. Uh, and so we decided to, I, I think well, it was probably Friday that we were talking about that. And we wound up going to rest a while instead because the food is right there. <laughs> you can eat it. You don't have to peel it. And it just worked out better to do that. But I, I would do it. I mean, you know, it is something fun to do and it, it would bring back memories. And I think that my sister, one of the other reasons that we didn't do it was that my sister who was in town from D.C., there are two of my sibs that live out of town. One lives in Washington State and the other lives in D.C. And the one from D.C. Uh, did that just two nights before they went and got some boiled crabs and had it on um, at someone's house over there. So they already did it. So it was good because I, I wanted to do it. It was like the spirit was willing, but it was terribly impractical to do. <laughs> Let's go to Allie. Allie, we haven't heard from you in a while. I know. Been busy. Well, uh, good. Busy's always good. Which is a good thing. Yeah, that's a yeah. good thing. Uh -huh. um, good. I, uh, good. you remember, Marianne, I think this was right before COVID. Do you remember when you had the lovely young man with the taco place, Barracuda? Oh, he's adorable. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, we went there for the first time um, mm -hmm. last week for date night, and it was lovely. It was so charming. Everything was delicious. Of course, our faces were melting on, but, you know, it's just that time of yeah, year. Right. Um, it was just wonderful. So, I mean, I can always eat tacos and cheese dip and stuff, but if anybody is looking for a new place, I am seconding, seconding how wonderful it was. We got all the tacos. All the dips, um, a fresh uh, watermelon margarita, and it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was really lovely. So I don't know if um, too many people have um, been or if you had, you know, heard anything from that guy, but they were packed. I mean, they were packed their... good. Um, you know, yes, yeah. he's, first of all, he's, he's really cute. He's got a cute little family. Um that does not seem like a place for date night. Because when I think of date night, it's like a fancier place. So I see that you have eclectic date nights. I do. Uh, um, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I never get to dress up. I mean, my look is mostly, you know, right. yoga pants right. and T-shirts. Got some so snot on I your sleeve all the time from the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I will take any opportunity to put some slaps and rouge on and yeah, right. heels on and they'll get dressed up 100%. But we were looking for something low key and I uh -huh. have been painting and working on the house and I told him I didn't want to shower. So that was the uh, reality. Okay, that. well that's a good And I said <laughs> <laughs> If it's outdoor then you know you've got plenty of company so it's not a big deal. Correct. And we were going to and we were going to I was we were going to sweat anyway. So why would I you yeah, know, right. get all dolled up just to have my face melt off? Um, but now, it was did, so um, lovely. Have they changed the place at all? Because it's tiny and there's a place to it's, order, 
you know, and you stand up and then you sort of, everything is outdoors, right? Unless you want to sit at a little counter. That's That's it. it. Now, they had um, a nice uh, collection of fans going on, (laughs) circulating. Okay, I was going to say, have they they enclosed that and put air conditioning back there at all? Or is it just, okay, well, then you you were ready to, you were dressed to sweat. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, and we so, think that place is really yeah, we good. Just really enjoyed ourselves, and it was yeah, great. It's, it's it really was good. super quick. So we, you know, stood in the line and then and then placed our order, and it was very quick. Um, it's very hot, very fresh. Um, it is good. I love it. Was pleasant. It was just one of those all around, just really solid experiences. Have you ever been um, to Louvi? So, not far from there. You know, I haven't, and I have been told to go numerous times. Mm-hmm. Haven't okay. made my way there yet. Okay. Um, All right. Well, but so that was great. But I do have a fancy place that I am going to. So I called to talk about that. Um, I am okay. going to have Seaworthy's Culinary on mm-hmm. Thursday for date night. Okay. And. They have a very marvelous looking um, culinary menu. So I'll okay. call back after that and let y'all it. know. But, you know, okay. it's all seafood, of course. Have you been to Seaworthy? Um, and I have not been there in like three years. But you have been. But I have been. I, I went for oyster happy hour because uh-huh. I wanted to try, you know, their oysters from, you know, all over different regions. And I wasn't interested in paying, you know, $6 an oyster. So, right. Uh-huh. Um, that's what the is their oyster happy hour? What's the deal? Like, a, like $3. It's like 50% off, which is obviously still expensive, but you're talking about shipping <laughs> oysters from, you know, the Pacific all over and the Atlantic world. coast. Yeah. Right. So, uh-huh. You know, the shipping okay. is what increases the prices on those, not necessarily okay. the price of the oyster themselves. Um, so okay. I'm going there. I'll report back about that. Um, but that, yes, okay. I will be putting on my face and some heels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yes, because um, that is definitely fancier. But I'm 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 impressed that you that you have that sort of range for date night. Going having painted. And ready to sweat was the per the barracuda was the perfect choice for that. Yeah, you're on so, it. That's all um, I can you know, say. I can always you're eat on it like that. I can yeah. always eat food like yeah. that. So, um, okay. and probably doing a couple more culinaries too before it's up. I like that they expanded the time frame for it. You know, they started it in July versus just in August. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's. Well, you know, know that's where I went. You know where I went recently times. was nice. Felix's in late on the lakefront. Okay, you've just blown uh, your credibility. What? From here on out, I'm not going to believe anything you say. <laughs> oh my what? gosh! Really? What? Really? I had a hamburger and a beer, and I sat on the dock, <sighs> and it was a lovely uh-huh. evening. <laughs> Well, you could have, right, so you <laughs> you could have a hamburger and a beer and sit on the dock two doors down at Blue Crab and it would actually be good. Okay, I didn't choose the location, just 
so we put that out there. Okay, I went for somebody that chose the location. They were supposed to have a band. They didn't. So let me put some disclaimers on that. Okay, because you do have to defend that decision. I will absolutely choose a place for ambiance. Again, I didn't choose this place, and I have been to Blue Crab, and (sighs) I do agree about Blue Crab. I'm sorry. Uh, But it was a lovely evening drinking beer, staring at the sunset across the water on the dock. No, you can't get No, look, I'm with you on the atmosphere. I'm with you on the atmosphere, but of those three places. Actually, I am an atmosphere woman. But but here's the thing. There comes a point where atmosphere can't pull the weight for the whole thing. So okay, you've got three places there. You've got three places there. Two mm-hmm. of the three are on my list of restaurants simply not worth it no matter what else is going on. It's interesting that in that one little corridor, two of the three are on that list. And blue crab yeah. is, is excellent. I love blue crab. Anyway, yeah, and, we, and, we could and, debate this indefinitely, but uh, I, my, <laughs> my sister is actually calling from Natchez, Mississippi. All right, well, I'll listen so she's Thanks hopefully will chat. give a report from there. All right, call us later. Bye. Let's go to my sister. My, my This is my D.C. sister who is heading back to D.C. by way of the West Coast. Don't ex- I'm, No explanation coming on that hello there is she there is she still there am i on yeah she's still there (laughs) she is i don't hear her do you have your buttons pushed or maybe she she's probably muting her phone uh could be because she's still on the line christy (laughs) (laughs) okay well We'll take a break and try to get her back, okay? I will. Because we do have to take a break. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with my sister, and then Darren is holding. 556-9696. We'll be back. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. All righty. Thank you, Tom. Let's go now to Christy. Did she make it back on the line? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. I can hear you now. We thought you might have muted your, your phone or something. No, no, I had on earbuds, but um, I stopped, pulled over to talk to you. So, how are you today? Oh, good. good. I am. I am good. I'm. I'm hearing that you're in Natchez now. Is that where you are? Yes, because we're very slow. We'll probably get home in October. I don't know. We're just <laughs> we're just in Natchez, and I wanted to call because we got a recommendation 
of a place to have lunch, and I wanted to tell you about it. Oh, good. Okay. Did you go? <laughs> we did. We did. And the, the only thing I can say is it was true about the catfish. The fried catfish was good. But but it was it was served it was served in you know those to go containers you know uh-huh. the styrofoam to, to go containers and so they tore tore it in half and we each had a half of a to go container for a for a plate so it's okay wait 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 before before you go any further did they tear it or did you tear it no no they tore it <laughs> oh no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, tore, they tore it and said, "This is our this is our silverware." So I asked him, I asked the guy. I ran into him at the visitor center and asked where a good place to go was. And he told me about uh-huh. it. I wanted to go on the river, and he told me a couple uh-huh. of places. And I said, "Well, where do the locals go?" And so he told me this place. So we went, uh-huh. and like I said, the catfish was good, <laughs> but uh, but that's 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 it. It was Jughead was the name of it. Jugheads. Jugheads. Yeah. Uh, what, what else did you see there? There's some. There's some decent places there. Well, we just are passing through, you know, and so we went to that place, and now we're on our way up towards Arkansas. But we just, I just wanted to call you because we happen to be having lunch during your show, so I wanted to call in and tell you about it. I, are they are are you staying on the river road up into Arkansas? Are you going to make it to Greenville, Mississippi? Because if you do, Doe's Eat Place, which I'm obsessed with, wanting to get to, is there. That's the original one. Oh, wait, tell me about that because you told me about that one other time. It's, Where, yeah, it's what the is Tamale it? Trail. Yeah, you're on the Tamale Trail. Doe's Eat Place. D O E apostrophe S. Okay. Doe's Eat Place. It's a fascinating place. It's been around you know, like probably almost a hundred years. And it's it's a joint. And it started out as a blacks only restaurant. And then the this doctor asked if he could come in one time and then he came in and then it became he started bringing all of his friends and then it just sort of blended into being this institution and it's it's a very peculiar place you enter through the kitchen but it's it's fascinating and it's iconic and you should look it up it's the original in greenville greenville mississippi greenville yes that's way up greenville mississippi yeah yeah i don't i don't know if that's on your route but if if you are going that way it would be uh interesting for sure Oh, okay. Is that is that the only one that you know of that is on our way home? That's the original, and um, there is a thing called the Tamale Trail, but I don't know exactly. I, I don't know if you're hitting it at the beginning or the middle or what, but okay. um, look up the Tamale Trail and see if you can hit some of those places. I know okay. Hap is dying to eat some more, so, you know, I'm sure he's, yeah. Her husband has been complaining about the amount of food consumed the entire week they've been here. So I'm I'm surprised that you're eating again. What? I said, and it was great. Every every minute of it was great. (laughs) You see, you can't. 
You can't take the New Orleans out of the New Orleanian. They're going to want to eat. That's it. You should know that by now, after almost 40 years, you know? You should know that by now. Yes. Anyway. All right. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Glad you called. Thanks. Bye. All right. Let's go to Darren. Do we have Darren still on? Is Darren still there? Okay, Darren, we got about three minutes. I'm sorry, but we got it just about three no, minutes. No, no apologies. So the um, the blue crabs on Saturday were excellent. Oh, you're Absolutely. talking about your party, huh? Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, okay. Outstanding. Good. They were. The meat was incredibly sweet. The crabs were filled. They were very heavy and um, just as good as it gets. Sometimes it's good to do that. No, Tom. Uh-uh, babe. No, no. Mm-mm. Sometimes we, we, we it's a- just good to sit around a pile of crabs. That, that's what we did, and, and, and we also did all of the sides. So the corn, the potatoes, the mushrooms, the sausage. We even did mm-hmm. a few pounds of shrimp. Mm-hmm. And then we did boiled. a few pounds of boiled shrimp. And then we did a few pounds of fried catfish, Louisiana catfish. Oh. It was outstanding. <laughs> it was That's just, a great send-off. It was outstanding. But um, just wanted to share that with you. I mean, I think it's kind of early in the season. And for them to be that good, mm-hmm. it, it Wait, it's um, early it's in the season for what? For boiled crabs? I think so. I mean, we're, you know, we, we came out of crawfish. And, um, you know, normally we, we will start eating them in the late summer, early fall, really the early fall for the Saints games and things like that. And so I was kind of wondering what the quality would be like if they were outstanding. Well, good, good. I'm excited because um, no. I've now got it in my brain that I would maybe kind of like to do that. So... You know, I'm going to do it. So, so the other thing I thought about you, my, my friend posted, he was hosting family in from out of town, and he posted on social media these pictures of these mammoth, mammoth seafood platters from Deanie's, and everything <laughs> looked like it was fried the same. <laughs> All in the same grease. <laughs> and it was like, it just, I looked at it, and it actually... I thought to myself, that is just one big pile of fried Stuff. not goodness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fried not goodness. <laughs> so, I um, love it. I'm going to use that. Go ahead. What? You, you, you know, the other thing, too, is, um, and I almost took a picture of them. When I was picking the crabs up from Captain Sid's, he did have a display, and he did call them um, stuffed crabs, so I mean, n- not even remotely close to a crab cake. But the thing I appreciated, they were like normal size. And maybe somebody would even say they seemed a little bit smaller than what we normally see. But you could tell they were feed because you could see it. They weren't frozen, they were fresh. They were filled uh-huh. with crab meat. And I thought to myself, this is what it's supposed to be like if that's yeah. what you're going to make of it. Yeah. 
as yeah. opposed to this big ball of nothing. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Deanies. We're picking on Deanies, but Tom used to do it. We're just keeping the tradition alive. Well, All right, Darren, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm out of time. Yeah, that's okay. Can you call back Have tomorrow a good day. And, and we you, can finish? You got okay, it. thanks. Bye. Have Bye-bye. a good day. All right, that's it for us for the show. I want to mention that it's the 75 for 75 campaign for WGSO. Please go to the website, brand new, beautiful website. Click the yellow button that says donate. Your donation will be tax deductible. They're now a 501c nonprofit in addition to being the community voice of the Crescent City and the locally owned news talk station for 75 years now. We have our own platform here at the Food Show. It's called nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com. We'd love for you to go see Tom's 50-year body of work on food in general, New Orleans food in particular. There's 400 some odd recipes there that come out. They all come out. We have the Food Show podcast if you missed some of the show. Uh, it's on the front page of nomenu.com. We have Dining Diary, Extinct Restaurants, The Almanac, and just a whole lot of stuff having to do with food there. N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Please sign up. And subscribe where it says register on nomenu.com. You'll get the newsletter comes out twice a week. That's where you will find some specials around town at restaurants and some of the things that I just mentioned on the website. We have the list on New Orleans menu of all the restaurants that are open and operating right now in the city. Also, our Instagram page at the New Orleans menu. A lot of pretty pictures from our dining adventures. We'd love for you to follow us there. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show. To continue in this vein, WGSO New Orleans. Good night. Time for the news, 4 o'clock. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo maintains he never acted inappropriately in response to the state attorney general's report accusing him of sexual harassment. Cuomo releasing a video today that directed folks to his website where a detailed response to the allegations has been posted. That all being said, Senate Majority Leader from New York Chuck Schumer still believes Cuomo should resign. 